Hello and welcome to the Black Excellence series on the Third Way Podcast. This series is all about elevating and celebrating Black voices, Black creators, Black artists, Black entrepreneurs, Black excellence. I'm excited that in this first episode, you will be hearing from my good friend, William Aruasi. I got to have a really great conversation with him, and I know that you will be inspired and challenged. So for now, enjoy the conversation and be sure to follow us on at the Third Way Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and let us know what you think. All right. Hello and welcome everyone to our episode of Black Excellence here on the Third Way Podcast. And I'm really, really excited um, about introducing our guest to you today. Um, he's a good friend. He's someone I've known for quite a while and um, he does amazing work. So I'm excited for you to hear from William Adawasi. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm doing great. How are you? Yes, good, thank you. Um, you've been a busy man of late. Um, yeah. Been doing doing lots of great work, and we'll get into that in a moment. But like every Black Excellence episode, we start with our quick fire round questions. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Okay, number one, where are you from? I'm from Ghana in West Africa. And were you born and raised there, or were you? Born? No, I was. I was born uh, in South London. Uh, so yeah, grew up across two different areas, Campbell and Peckham. And then yeah, when I was eleven, I went to a boarding school in the Midlands. So I've had yeah a bit of a varied childhood. Amazing. Okay, uh, a random one. What's your favorite food? Uh, plantain. Yes, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, it's real. There are various debates between the cultures. Uh, uh, we... <laughs> we're going to talk about the pronunciation, aren't we? <laughs> I knew you were going to take it there. Plantain, plantain, what's real? Uh, yeah, let's save that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Favorite color? Uh, black. Mm, interesting. Seems to be a bit of a trend in these conversations. That oh, I really? <laughs> <laughs> I won't think too deeply into that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the last song you listened to? Um, Frank Ocean, White Ferrari. Oh, nice. I like it. I like it. What motivates you to get up in the morning? Um, purpose greater than myself. Um, dreaming for beyond me, my family, and also like we'll get into later, but in line with my business, the yeah the impact and the inroads we can make for that as well. Amazing. Um, you're stranded on an island. Mm. You can bring three things. What are they? Okay. <clears throat> so that's not people, just things, items. Mm. No people. Okay. Items. Yes, yes. Items. Just to clarify. All right. Um, I'm bringing. I'm bringing some sort of device that plays music. Yeah. Music playing device. I won't specify now because I don't know how many components would take up that three. <laughs> but yeah, music playing device for one. Um, a smoothie maker. Oh, nice. Okay. 
obviously I've got all the beautiful fruits around me. I need to utilize yep. them to their maximum potential. And then lastly, don't really need any clothes. Um, what else do I need? Oh, a Bible. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, those three is all I really need. Cool, amazing. Uh, a music device was also on my list of things. That I was <laughs> And um, you kind of hinted on it in your um, third item, but we ask yep. everybody uh, this question who comes to our Black Excellence series um, because we think it's really interesting to hear where everybody's spiritual journey has been at. And mm. if, if any, obviously we don't assume, but would you share briefly what your spiritual journey has been, your background, and uh, even if you have any faith or religion at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, spiritual journey and background. My my dad's a well, he's known as a bishop in the Pentecostal settings. Um, but yeah, he's he's a pastor. He he oversees and started a church which has I think it's eight branches globally now. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, my whole life was in church, um, day in day out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've never really known a time where I didn't believe. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've yeah, I've always kind of had that belief in God. I think. I think in recent years, it's been shaken, not mm -hmm. my belief in God, but potentially my belief in Christianity, mm -hmm. um, just due to me as a black person and how that fits into the wider jigsaw puzzle and just trying to understand and delve into the context of what was before. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm back on track. I mean, for me personally, it's just <clears throat> like, I've realized that a lot of the history we we're taught um, has occurred in say the past four, five, six hundred years. Yeah. But there's a richness of history and biblical history far beyond that. Yeah. Um, and Africa's print has been involved from from the get go. Um. So yeah. yeah so it, I've just been trying to reckon with that, and obviously, reckoning um, white supremacy and the imprint it's had on on the faith and just making sure that I can really clearly distinguish the two from one another that's amazing thank you for sharing that I think that's no, a, no an incredibly important journey and story and um, thing to think about because there are so many of us who are reckoning with these things and mm. we're struggling with it and there's no lack of people who have definitely turned their back on Christianity for obvious reasons mm. uh, so it's it's great to hear um, a perspective of someone who's wrestling with it actively and facing mm. the facts but also not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. exactly um, I think that's that's really great mm. okay well with that said Let's get into um, you, your story, what you do. So you are a dad, a husband, yeah. a musician, an artist, an entrepreneur, all the things. Would you tell us a little bit about what you do at the moment? So around your business, but also around music and yeah, then a little bit more of how you got into that. <laughs> no doubt. I mean... Yeah, it's probably going to be too exhaustive to try and dive into everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the main thing that I say I'm known for and I've dedicated most of my life to for the past few years has been my business. So I'm the yeah. founder of a watch brand called Vitae London. And mm -hmm. um, Vitae actually translates to life. So mm -hmm. our whole mantra is to be the watch brand changing lives. Yeah. Um, so in essence, whenever we sell a watch or other products which we've been adding on, um, yeah. we help support a child through education across sub-Saharan Africa. 
so yeah, the way we're able to support the children through education is via a couple of charities on the ground. So a charity called House of Wells and another charity called Pen to Paper Ghana. And I guess the great thing from that was being able to glean from them and fully understand the needs on the ground and then um, come to them with proposals and ways in which we can support and help them. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, the two major ways we do that, um, firstly is via school uniforms. Amazing. So we provide children with uh, school uniform predominantly in Southern Africa. Um, so South Africa, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, um, and then East Africa, a bit in Uganda as well. Yeah. And then in terms of our other project, that's a solar lamp project. So Amazing. whenever we sell a project, we provide a solar lamp, meaning children don't have to travel for hours at night or burn harmful fuels in order to study in the evenings. Um, and yeah, with that project, we predominantly support children across Ghana, but yeah, that would be going wider afield as well. Yeah, amazing. It's so, so inspiring to to kind of follow the journey. And I've been following your journey, obviously, and the, the journey of Vitae for a while now. Mm. And I also am the owner of a Vitae watch. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you actually helped me form my, like, my biggest like, and first ever like public talk. And I really? feel like yeah with um spheres at oh, yeah. and like so you helped me form that talk and I honestly feel like I've used that as a module module for so many like other talks I've done and even my TED talk so yeah very grateful to you yes <laughs> you're welcome it was my pleasure <laughs> you just mentioned there your TED talk mm. so I mean I have so many questions but tell us a little bit more about that how come how did you get into doing a TED talk yeah um I got yeah someone reached out to me after hearing about the ethos of the company and yeah. having seen me deliver various other talks so they reached out to me to give a talk and I ended up sharing on the topic finding purpose in the pain amazing um, yeah because I feel like there's so much power um in actually understanding the pain we've gone through understanding the pain we've endured and knowing that we have the potential to be the people to alleviate that pain for ourselves and also yeah. alleviate that pain for others. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just so much power in that. And I feel like in me starting my business, I feel like that was the main purpose behind me starting it because I looked at the pain I had endured in the education system. Yeah. I looked at the pain my dad had endured when he lived in Ghana and the struggle yeah. it was for him to get an education. And just using my passion for fashion and my passion to make that impact yeah. Vita was kind of birthed out the culmination of all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's such that's a very timely thing, actually, to think about. So we're definitely going to put the TED Talk in the show notes. Um, <laughs> because I think more than ever for us as Black people, um, we are experiencing, again, a lot of pain, whether it's mm. the resurfacing of collective trauma, whether it's um, newly afflicted pain in, in the way that different people are dealing with a lot of the violence against black bodies that we've seen this is maybe a bit you know off off script but um how would you how do you navigate this current moment in time that we're in um and how do you find purpose in pain um yeah. when it comes to that specific subject it's so interesting because i feel the craziest thing about this season is it's like a lot of the allies, I would say, and the people from outside of our community, it feels as if they're feeling our pain for the very, very first time. Yeah. It feels like they're being, yeah, they're being awoken to that pain for 
for the first time and it, yeah. it's something we've had to deal with time and time again so for me I actually see this as a liberating season I feel yeah. like I feel like our whole lives we've been taught to suppress pain we've yeah. been taught to just get on with life yeah but this is the first time I feel like I've been having so many conversations with people and it's like the very first time they've ever shared some things they've gone through yeah. so I think all, the, all these things we've suppressed for so long there's actually so much beauty in this season with us being able to heal us yeah. being able to actually speak out about what we've gone through yeah. and actually finding healing and knowing that it's it's just been that system that's been around us and we've all yeah. faced it but yeah. then I guess the beauty of this moment is it's going to that other level where is going outside just our consciousness yeah and hopefully once it's just once it's outside the minority's consciousness mm. it can affect the majority and that's what I believe that's what I'm I'm hoping for out of all of this season so it's finding purpose in that I think yeah. one thing I've rec rec recognized is a lot of people have been I feel as if god the universe however you view it a lot of people have been divinely positioned for this time yeah like left and right i'm seeing friends in particular media positions yeah. even friends in particular church um particular positions within maybe churches or religious organizations yeah. or or other areas mm -hmm. that will be the ones to bring about change mm -hmm. and can influence those who hold the power to make the change um so when i look at all of that it does provide me with hope it does provide me with i know the problem is massive mm. but if many of us are making incremental changes that is a massive change that could come about absolutely i love that that notion of you know so many of us have been placed for this kind of time i know mm. i've been feeling that and um it's you know, it, it comes also with a bit of like internal conflict because you're like, Ooh. there's these, these opportunities that I'm suddenly stepping into, but the only reason they're existing because is because I'm, our, yeah, yeah, because we're, I'm black and because our people are being oppressed. Because our, like, how many times do we have to die in the street before our voices need to be heard? Like it's, it's, it's so difficult to reckon with. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a part of me that just feels like because we're in these particular positions, we have a responsibility. Absolutely. Like we can beg and cry and pray to God all our lives for change. Yeah. But in the season of change, he's positioned us in places. So it's like, you. this is what you've asked for. So let's yeah. go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and it feels so unbelievable. It It's hard to even comprehend the conversations yeah. that are being had. Um, yeah. But all we, all we can ever do is hope and believe, even if not for us, for the generations after us. You've had quite a number of opportunities recently, like you've just done something on, on the BBC the other day and yeah. you're doing different things. How has that been for you, though? Because obviously you're kind of having to repeat a lot of things. Mm. You're having to go explain a lot of things you're often speaking to white people how has that been for you emotionally and personally and what would you say to people who are in similar positions how can mm. they look after themselves it's such a difficult one because so even aside from the media opportunities and all of that mm. even a lot of the conversations are very exhausting yeah. like the depth we have to go to explain how we felt what we've gone through and it's, it's a tricky one for me because there's a part of me that sees that 
I don't believe it's the responsibility of the oppressed to educate the oppressor that we didn't create these systems all you have to do is look back at history understand why we are where we are today then change can be brought about but at the same time I think there is there is something beautiful when we're able to to sit down and really convey from the heart Mm. some of the things we've gone through um, some of the things we've experienced just so they do get better insight into this so it has been exhausting but once I understand the purpose of of why I'm speaking and understand as much as I'm doubtful there still can be fruit yeah um for me that that gives me the energy and I just try to find balance yeah Um, some days I'll try and knock out as much as possible but then give myself a day or two to rest yeah and not have any of those conversations remove myself from social media because it's it's key that yeah we're mentally okay we're stable yeah be able to carry on this fight we've been fighting our whole lives yeah 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 and you touched on something important here I think and you mentioned it earlier as well this importance of balance and this importance to give ourselves space to heal how do we heal as a people um how do we heal individually but also collectively how do you see that that playing out it's tough I mean I think healing can truly come about now because the wounds are open right Mm. so like even just the fact that we can openly talk about things in all settings yeah I think that alone can provide a level of healing like I've had random friends I went to boarding school with 15 years ago messaging me like sorry for what I did here and I'm just like to me it's it's, it's, I'm taken aback because it's still exhausting I'm like all these conversations but when I look into the depth of things I think to myself that's actually special like that's that's it's unheard of yeah and these are some of the guys that are, are guys I probably actually got along with and just brushed yeah. some of the banter to the side because we've been taught to suppress right um so yeah I think firstly an open wound will provide healing mm. I think another thing that will provide true healing is is seeing allies is seeing the people who have been oppressive to us as a people for so long yeah like holding their ha- hands up to acknowledge the like the ills of the past yeah. and just being fully responsible for that and being fully responsible to see a change yeah and then also us holding us holding those people accountable um us yeah. being a, being in positions to be strong enough to deal with that pain yet yeah, hold them accountable is I think that's what's going to give us true healing unless the Mm. wound is open and the truth is spoken about no true healing will ever occur. Yeah. And I think I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And I think as well, there's the element of like time, like, you know, as much as it's powerful and amazing that there's such an awakening happening now and that so many people, I, I love how you articulated it. It's like some of the allies are feeling our pain for the first time. Yeah. Um, but with that said, it's going to still take time. And um, all these processes, you know, it's, it's, I, I was saying to someone the other day, because they're like, okay, I got it now. So what next? And I was like, no, 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 no. You've been experiencing this our whole lives and you think you've got it after two weeks. Of- exactly. I'm like, you have, you got nothing. Like we're now entering into a season of consistent awakening 
And you're going to start seeing things you've never seen before. You're going to start hearing mm. things you've never seen before. And that's probably going to take 10 to 20 to 30 years mm. before we can then move into the actual reconciliation. Because I think a yeah. lot of people want to jump to that now. A lot of people want to go, well, I've seen it now. Let's all be friends, you know? Mm. Um, so it, it is going to take time. Amazing. Well, I'd like to kind of circle back to you um, and and your story because we now kind of, which was obviously going to happen. <laughs> Talk, talked about the the most recent um, obviously climate, but I want to circle back to you. You mentioned obviously about the work that you do with um, with Vitae, and you mentioned about the the charitable work that you do, which is amazing. Um, you did also touch on though that you do a lot of things and I know you said it's maybe too much to go into all the different things you do, but would you touch on a little bit, just give an overview of what some yeah. of the things are that you do. And then also I'm just very aware that a lot of people listening might be similar in a sense that life experience has caused them to not just do one thing, but maybe do a couple of things. And I feel like in our communities, we're maybe the first generation that operates like that. Yeah, because sure. a lot of our, you know, the the what the generation before us, it was about you know study, get this one job, and do that job yeah. until you die. So we're mm. a bit of a new generation in that. So maybe you can speak into that a bit. But start by giving us a bit of an overview of the different bits you do. Of course. So yeah. So um, obviously, founder of Vitae London. As well as that, um, we haven't been as active this year, but we were super active last year due to obviously Corona. But I own a. <clears throat> company called Vitae Photography as well which does like uh, wedding photography and portraiture work as well um I'm a musician so my first instrument was actually saxophone Amazing. and then yeah then I moved on to well, like focusing on singing and then I can do like basic production can play some other instruments as well yeah. um and then I can do like graphics design website building <laughs> yeah it's like yeah Loads, loads of random multi-hyphen person something like that <laughs> in light of juggling that they all intertwine yeah because on top of that i do like video editing right yeah. and often my processes when i'm doing my video editing is the same processes in logic when i'm editing a music file like there's right. there's a lot of crossover um yeah. so i think i think i think they're all just creative expressions yeah um, and i just try to depending on the season of life, depending on where I'm going, I just try to give balance to, to different areas of that. But then my business being like the main stable, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that keeps me sane. Yeah, that's amazing. How did you get to that place? And how was that, I guess, growing up and going through the journey of, I mean, how was it in, in your home like was that something that was encouraged was it like yes do all the twenty thousand creative things or um how, how was that journey for you yeah like it's interesting so obviously my dad being a pastor me and I'm one of seven kids and we yeah. all literally pretty much all bar two I think we all learned musical instruments or we yeah. could all sing so because of that aspect creativity was never discouraged like I learned graphics design because I had to start doing flyers for my dad's church when I was like 15 do you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's like for the good of the the church and growing that I had to 
I had to learn all these creative things. Yeah. But I think growing up, they never saw it as something that could be like a career. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they ever saw it as something. Yeah. So like fast forward some years, like I ended up working in the city as a recruitment consultant. So day to day, I'm I'm in the city doing the hustle. My parents were happy with that job because it's stable. Yeah. They saw my salary, my income, but then yeah. I just had such a dissatisfaction in and not working for a greater purpose and not being creative. Mm. So in telling, I had to wait. I was I was 26 when I started VTA or 25. Yeah. <clears throat> but I still waited three months after I quit my job before I even told my dad that, <laughs> that I quit my job to start the business because I just knew he wouldn't be happy and he yeah. wasn't. But then I guess for me with time, it just pushed me to work harder because yeah. I need to prove that all the investments they put into me are going yeah. to be worthwhile um so yeah it, it's it's proved it's pushed me to to work harder it's pushed me to be even more driven to to make a success of what I do yeah um just so I can even be an example to to others especially like West African parents are very very strict with this in order for our economies to grow in order for us to grow and develop as people we have to be killing it in all facets of, yeah. of society What's, um, what's a piece of advice you would give to someone who is maybe in a similar place and they're, they're wanting to maybe do the entrepreneur thing and maybe don't know how that's going to go down with family or they want to juggle various things? How would you advise them in taking those steps and what are maybe some principles that you've learned along the way just as we close? Yeah, I would say practically find a focus. I would say yeah. there's beauty in... And looking for one area that you're great at, yeah, absolutely killing it in that area. Because what I've seen is once you do that, um, you gain credibility with your peers, you gain credibility with your parents also. You just yeah. gain that credibility, which <laughs> means when you do want to move into the other things that you're passionate about, everyone knows that you operate in excellence. So they're, they're going to trust what you're going to move on to next. So yeah. I would say find one area you're super passionate about yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it probably has to be an area that has financial return as well. Like, make sure you're thinking practically about everything. Yeah. Absolutely kill it in that area. Yeah. Gain that credibility. Prove yourself there. Then you can transfer that excellence into anything else. Yeah. That's some serious gold. Like, I'm definitely going to, like, take that out and make a little graphic for social media. Well, <laughs> no, I think that it's really powerful because we live in a generation where... People are like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I want and I'm going to do it tomorrow and I want to do it all. But actually, you just touched on something so valuable. Like, we have to build credibility. We have to, there is an element of you have to prove yourself, you know? Some people are like, I don't don't have to prove myself. I don't, I know who I am. I'm like, "Mm, no one can see your intentions. (laughs) Like, no one, no one can see your vision. No one can see your ideas. No one can see your heart. Yeah. Um, And it's about, it's about us, like, dying empty leaving Mm. all of us behind on this on this planet um and it's important that you you like we all just rid ourselves of any entitlement of any kind of spirit of that because once we rid ourselves of the entitlement we'll be more grateful in this life because when people are buying from our businesses are supporting what we do we realize they never had to do that and then once we rid ourselves of entitlement 
um, we're also, it also pushes us to work harder yeah. because no one owes us anything. So in order for someone to buy one of my watches, it has to be better than the competitors. It yeah. has to look better. It has to be yeah. well-priced. Yeah. So I think once we have that mindset, to me, it's a game changer because it allows you to focus in on one area, yeah. absolutely kill it in that area, and then apply those principles in, in any which way form you want to. Yeah. Amazing. That's so brilliant. Last question. And then we want to hear um, where people can connect with you. But last question, what would you say to your 16 year old self now, if you had a chance with what you know? It's tricky because whenever I'm asked this question, my answer is always the same. And to be honest, I wouldn't say anything. Amazing. And the reason I say that is because I know there's a lot of stuff I could have avoided. There's a lot of lessons that maybe I wouldn't have had to learn mm. the hard way, but yeah. I'm a practical learner. So right. I feel like me learning the hard way has left an imprint that a bit of advice from the older version of me wouldn't have taken. Yeah. Um, so I okay. think, yeah, yeah, there's, there's been so much beauty and purpose in the pain I've even felt to be yeah. the person I am today. I love that so much. And what a wonderful way to finish our conversation. We came full circle. Thank <laughs> you so, so much for being with me today. Um, where can people connect with you? We're obviously going to drop lots of links in the show notes, but no just doubt. tell us real quick um, how people can connect. Of course. Well, to connect with the brand, um, it's just Vitae London. So that's V-I-T-A-E followed by London. And then my my full name is William Adwesi. So across all social media platforms, it's the same. So William followed by A-D-O-A-S-I. Amazing. And that's how we can hear your music. And that's how we can 100%. buy the watches and engage with all the amazing work that you're doing. For sure, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for everybody who's listened to this episode of Black Excellence. Make sure you check out the show notes. All the links that Will mentioned are going to be in there. And um, we really, really want to encourage you to engage with Vitae. Um, I wear my watch every time I have a public appearance <laughs> and make sure I shake my head, hand. <laughs> um, and it's such You've got the new one. The, you've got the Elmington range, right? Yep. I've got the Elmington. Yep, the emerald one. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys engage and support. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back with another episode of Black Excellence soon. Thank you so much, everybody.